When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Every day, have a little bird on your shoulder that says, is today the day? So that you prepare at any moment to go. Mm. Not that you want to go, but you're prepared. And it's not an easy thing to do. And that's what I'm doing for them, I think, helping them get prepared. Even though they may be years and years away from it. Right. But being prepared doesn't mean it has to be tomorrow. Right. It just means you have that attitude of mind. You cannot take life for granted. Human beings are vulnerable. And we welcome you to this edition of Tuesday People, the podcast. I'm your host, Mitch Album, the author of the book Tuesdays with Maury, upon which this podcast is inspired. Lisa Goitsch, my friend and producer of this program, is alongside, as always. We are both in California, although Lisa lives here, and I am here for the Super Bowl, because as I, as I stated, uh, and we're actually recording this before the Super Bowl, even though you'll hear it afterwards. So let me put it to you this way. If Matthew Stafford and the Rams won the Super Bowl by the time you hear this, then there'll be a lot of celebrating in Detroit because it's a de facto Super Bowl for Detroit. And if Matthew Stafford and the Rams lose the Super Bowl or have lost the Super Bowl by the time you hear this, and and particularly if they lost in in heartbreaking fashion, then we will say (laughs) you just can't take the lion out of the man, even if Ah. you take the man out of the lion. (laughs) Sad. Well, so he had a good we, run regardless, right? I mean... That's very true. You know. Very true. Yeah, We're hoping yeah. hoping for the best. So yeah. today we're going to talk about worry. I want to say right off the bat that I have a real problem with worry. I mm, am really not somebody who should be speaking about worry in any kind of advisory capacity to anyone else, except to say, do as I say and not as I do. I am way, way, way too deep in worry about things that I can't control or things that aren't going to happen for a while or things that may or may not happen. You that way too, Lisa? Oh, my God. Since I was a baby, I used to pull my hair out my sleep because I was so worried. I was only Um, like two. (laughs) What were you worried about in your sleep? Lord knows. <laughs> I've been worried since I was born. <laughs> you were worried about being bald, and so you pulled your yeah. hair out during your sleep? Yeah. Give me a topic, and I'll worry about it. <laughs> okay. Well, I, I am like that to, uh, to a fault, but I am trying. I have spent many years of my life trying to battle against unnecessary worry, harmful worry, mm-hmm. and to try to distinguish between the two. And... You know, when I spent a lot of time with Maury, it was interesting because I was at a time in my life when I didn't worry. I I wasn't always this way. 
I was at a time oh, in my life when I, when I was 37 years old, I was healthy. I never had anything really seriously wrong with me. Um, I'd lost someone that I cared about very much when I was in my early 20s. But short of that, I hadn't had any deaths very close to me. You know, my family members were all still there. And when I was watching Maury week after week, I will say now that there was a part of me that even though I knew that he was dying, Mm -hmm. didn't really accept that he was dying. Didn't really accept that uh, after a period of time, he wasn't going to be there anymore. And what was that going to feel like? Because that would have required a certain amount of uh, foresight and maybe even a certain amount of worry that, you know, I need to make these Tuesdays count because what happens if he's not here next Tuesday? What happens if he dies between now and Tuesday? I don't remember having those fears during that time. And that's because I was at that age when we feel that we're all kind of impervious, you know? What could happen? Mm-hmm. Everything's going to be fine, uh, no matter what. Now, Lisa, maybe you never had that age. Maybe no. uh, from I, age two, <laughs> it, it never hit you. I think I was still worrying then. Yeah. You were still worrying even <laughs> in your 30s. Uh, yeah. But I, I wasn't. I was more like things find a way of working out. And I think when Maury did die, uh, it took me a while to sort of absorb it, but it was the beginning of my starting to accept the finality of life because Maury said, and we've gone over this many times in the show, you know, be prepared to die. Have a little bird on your shoulder that says, is today the day? Asks you, is today the day? And be prepared to say, to hear the answer, yes, one day from the bird. But, but, and live your life as if you're, you want to be ready for the bird to say, Yes. Now, that's a good philosophy if your goal in the philosophy is to teach people how to live fully for each day, right? Mm-hmm. That's a really good philosophy. When I live fully for each day, imagine that you wake up each morning and there's a bird on your shoulder that says, is today the day I'm going to die? However, it may not be the best piece of advice for someone who is oriented towards worrying, Right. Because yeah. now you've just given the person who's oriented towards worrying something really yeah. big to worry about. What if the bird right. says, today's the day? What if the I bird says, today's the die. day? And you can, you can do that every single day for the rest of your life. Oh, my God. <laughs> so I don't yeah. think Maury thought that one through in terms of like, well, don't use this little example if you are prone to worrying about it. To everything. worry, right. So well, here's here, the deal. Yeah, but here's the deal, Mitch. If you die, you don't have to worry. <laughs> That's true. You, you, you won't be worrying. <laughs> That's true. And I do think that there are some people who reach an, an older age and they have spent so much of their time worrying that they reach a stage where they say, I just don't want to worry anymore. And they almost let go. You know what I mean? They, they almost yep. let go. I mean, I, I'm not saying they kill themselves or deliberately, you know, uh, or stop willing themselves to live when they're perfectly healthy. But I'm talking about people who are felled by something medical that they could maybe recover from 
if they really were to, you know, be focusing and 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 uh, on living and fighting everything and kind of training their body and their psyche to, you know, I have to survive. But I, I do think there's something in the fact that people just sort of say, I don't want to worry anymore. And they're mm-hmm. close enough kind of to the edge that their body responds in kind and can actually just sort of shut down slowly and and go to a peaceful end. So this leads me to the, the, the mantra, or maybe, uh, maybe a mantra isn't, uh, an aphorism. That's what Maury used to like to call them, an aphorism. Yeah, he likes this, uh-huh. Yeah, so I've got an aphorism for you with regard to worry. It comes from, it stems from my, my, something that my mother used to say all the time, and I believe that my mother passed her worry genes on to me. <laughs> because I would hear her talk about, uh, for example, she had a, a, a brother who was sick uh, when he was younger. This is the man I talked about. I said I lost somebody when I was young. That was my uncle, my mother's brother. And he had cancer. And I remember my mother, um, you know, right after he was diagnosed, and they were going through treatments and all that, and they were still trying to be hopeful. She was already preparing for what would happen if he died. And she would talk about, you know, if he dies, then we have to do this and we have to do this. And I got to do this, I got to do this. And I would say, you know, why are you worrying about that, mom? It hasn't happened yet. Why aren't you worrying about that? Why are you worrying about that? And she would say, I'm paraphrasing, I want to prepare myself now for how it's going to feel so that I'll be able to handle it when it happens. So I'm worrying about it now. I'm almost going through it now so that when it happens, I'll be able to function intelligently. I won't just break down and sob and not be able to do anything because I know I have to be strong and I got to be prepared. So she actually worried as a form of preparation for the event that that she thought was inevitably going to happen. Now, of course, if he had recovered... It would have been a huge waste of time, right? Yeah. All those right. days, years, it was several years that she was like this before he actually did finally pass away. And so here's the aphorism. Worry to prepare, but don't prepare to worry. Oh, that's Worry a good to one. prepare, but don't prepare to worry. Now, what do I mean by that? What's the distinction? Lisa, you had suggested when we were talking about topics today that maybe I wanted to bring up something that I had written on the bulletin part of Facebook yes, that I write yes. for. Uh, yes. Every week I write MitchAlbumBulletin.com. I write a diary of sorts, a, a, a column or a letter or whatever you want to call it, uh, about life in the orphanage, at an orphanage in Haiti. And this past week... I got a call, actually I got a text uh, that said that one of our kids named Dorvinsky isn't feeling well. Okay, that's not the first time I got a text like that. You know, a lot right. of kids don't feel well. But then it was like, he's dizzy. Then it was like, he's vomiting. And so I say, what happened? And I get a note saying he was in the kitchen helping wash the dishes and he took a cup of Clorox, uh, and he sniffed it. Now, okay. I imagine that he sniffed it because he wasn't sure what it was. 
And, you know, it's probably just white powder. And down there, they still use Clorox and they mix it with water. And that's how they disinfect a lot of things. They don't have a lot of the modern uh, choices that we have here. And so he must have taken this cup and must have taken way too big a sniff. And some of the particles must have gone up his nose and into his bloodstream. And so then he was dizzy and vomiting. And that's not unusual if you're around bleach like that. So then I get a text. He's going to the hospital. Then, you know, now I'm, oh God, what's going to happen? Then I get a text. He's getting an IV at the hospital. Then I get a text. He's, he's feeling better. Then I get a text. We're leaving the hospital now. Then I get a text. He's back. He's okay. The only one of those texts that I really wanted to get was the last one. He's but okay, right. He's okay. <laughs> but I went through this whole thing. And of course, I felt terrible about it. I'm calling, I'm calling, I'm calling. But and what can you do? You're so far away, right, you know? Right. When I, what I wrote in the column and what I will share with you here is that when you have 54 kids that you're watching out for every day and they are, you know, free to run within our confines, within our, you know, third of an acre property there, and you've got an orphanage that's got potholes and chunks that are missing in steps and tiles that are broken out and railings and windows and stairs that don't have, you know, all the safety codes that you have from the United States on them because they just don't build like that. And you have trees that have bugs and you have little rodents and and things that scurry about because we back up, unfortunately, to a sewage facility. uh, And there's no way that you can keep bugs and little rodents and things out. You just have to set traps for them or whatever. You have all that going on and 54 curious kids. Something is going to slip through the cracks. Now, yeah. here is where I say, worry to prepare. Worry to prepare. So what we do is we worry about, well, what if this happens? We better go do this. What if somebody wants to get something from the kitchen in the middle of the night and it's dark and they fall? Let's lock the kitchen door. Right. What if someone were to go to the railing here and try to climb up it, you know, a young kid, and then could flip over and fall. Let's put a second railing on top. What if somebody can fall or, or a kid who's only, you know, two and a half feet high, three feet high, can walk right into a tabletop edge or a desktop edge? Let's put some rubber padding on it. Worry to prepare. Think about what could happen. And use that to do the best preparations you can. It's like filling your silo with grain in anticipation of a storm coming. You don't wait until the storm comes. You say, if a storm's going to come, it's going to be too late. It might destroy some of the crop. We need to get stuff in here now so that we're prepared. Now, that's worrying of a sort because someone could say, what are you worrying about a storm? It hasn't come yet. What are you worrying about it for? It's not here yet. What are you worrying about tightening all the jars on your medicine at the orphanage? What are you worrying about locking the kitchen door? Has anybody broken in there yet? I'm worrying so that somebody doesn't. I'm worrying to prepare. That is smart worrying because it allows you to take precautions that very likely will lead to less worrying later, right? So that's... that's, And that's something we all do. You know, if you have kids, 
You say, oh, I have to make sure that uh, we get rid of this because that's too sharp. We don't, you don't leave scissors lying around. You don't say, oh, he's never picked up the scissors before. What are you worried about him picking them up now for? That's not resp- responsible parenting. You worry that he might pick up the scissors for the first time and do some harm. So you hide the scissors, right? Mm-hmm. That's just logic. Right, so that's the preparation, right. That's the preparation. So you worry to prepare. Use worry to enable you to prepare for circumstances so that you're not so worried about them. Yeah, so that when so they won't come to life. Right? Correct. Yeah. So when you say, oh, uh, where's the baby? He's downstairs. He's playing with such and such, you know, our relative. Where? What room? In the kitchen. Okay, well, I put everything away in the kitchen. We always put everything away because the kitchen's safe. Versus... Wait a minute, he's in the kitchen. There's all kinds of stuff on the floor in the kitchen. You know, he could, he could be picking up anything because you didn't prepare. Worry to prepare. Okay, if you got to worry, that's the best kind of worry. Worry to prepare so that you are blocked, you are shielded, you are protected against some bad things that are really going to make you unhappy and really make your life even worse. We'll be back with more Tuesday People right after this. Now, Mm -hmm. the converse of that, the flip side of this aphorism, do not prepare to worry. Preparing to worry is saying, I'm 50 years old. My mother died or my father died of a heart attack. And I'm going to die of a heart attack. I know it. Oh, what's that little pain? I'm having a heart attack. Oh, I'm starting to breathe heavy. I'm having a heart attack. I know I'm going to have a heart attack. It's inevitable. I'm going to have a heart attack. That is preparing to worry. You are, you are preparing yourself for something that hasn't even happened yet. And you are living with the worry of it happening. But it hasn't yeah. happened yet. That's the kind of worry that will wear you out and that is unnecessary and is counterproductive. That is the kind of worry, unfortunately, that I do a lot of. That's how I know. I do a lot of the other one too, and I, I make the preparations, particularly at the orphanage. But unfortunately, I do too much of this second one. Ah, the second one. Uh-huh. Yeah. Preparing to worry. Yep, yep. So what preparing to worry means in modern times is, uh, and the difference between the two. Okay, let's take an example. You're dating, okay? You're going to date a guy... Uh, you're, you're meeting on the internet, okay? Worrying to prepare means, look, I'm not picking any guy who says, you know, his, his, his favorite city is Las Vegas. I'm not picking any guy who says, uh, I, you know, I like a woman who takes care of me. Wink, wink, you know. I, I'm not picking any guy who, you know, shows some, uh, you know, uh, says, uh, uh, date me if you're not worried about people with criminal records. You know, I, 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 those, those are like worrying to prepare. You're saying to yourself, right. that will be a bad thing. Uh, and I want to prepare myself so I'm not put in that bad thing. So I'm worrying about it now. Like, I don't want to pick up the, the wrong guy here. Let me do this step, this step, and this step. So you are preparing to have a good experience. 
Preparing to worry is, okay, I picked this guy. He looks good. He, he meets all the criteria and everything. But so, I had a friend who, who had somebody who looked good, and, 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 and he turned out to be awful. So I know this is going to be awful. Or I'm worried this is going to be terrible. Or, I, I, you know, he comes from Ireland. And uh, I heard people who come from, I know somebody who came from Ireland, and, and he was very violent. So he's probably going to be violent. That's preparing to worry where you don't have any, you don't have any reason. You're just giving yourself something to worry about. That's unnecessary worry. Unnecessary worry, but, but, but you, you know, you, you tell yourself it's necessary because you Mm -hmm. say, well, I need to be prepared, but no, what you're really doing is preparing to worry. Yeah. You're preparing to worry and you don't want to do that. Another example. As I said, okay, medically, you know, you say, uh, well, um, my mother had breast cancer uh, and I'm of the age where I really should be getting tested for it. And there's likelihood, you know, that it might repeat itself in my family. So I I really should go get a test because I'm worried that it might it might repeat itself. So let me go get a test and take care of myself and find out where I am and get a get a baseline and all the rest of it. That's worrying to prepare. Okay, it's worrying to prepare. You're worried about it might happen. So therefore, the net result is you prepare yourself. Okay, let me get the test. Let me do, be at my best so I can fight it if heaven forbid it does come. And once you've done that, you should stop worrying. I got my test. I'm clean. I'm good. Don't have to get another one for another couple of years. I've done what I can. Let's not worry about this. Right. Preparing Scratch to worry, list. right? Mm-hmm. Preparing to worry is my mother had breast cancer. I know I'm going to get it. I know I'm going to get it. I just took a test and it was clean. But what if I get it the day after the test? <laughs> like COVID has done a lot of that. Like, wait a minute, yeah. I just had a COVID That's test yesterday. But what if what if I just got COVID today? And unfortunately, yeah, that for- can happen yeah. with COVID. So right. it renders all those tests kind of useless, you know. Except yeah. if you're just trying to see is it safe for me to go somewhere for the next hour. Yeah. FYI, I had four tests yesterday. Four? (laughs) Yeah. I took two home tests in the morning because we had people coming over and I've been under the weather coughing a lot and sneezing and stuff and uh, took two home tests. But then my doctor said home tests aren't always reliable. So then I went and got a PCR test. And meanwhile, we had an event to go to tonight um, and they send you a test in the mail. It's a fancy net, a network. I won't say who, but uh-huh. um, they send you this like crazy test that has batteries and light. It lights up and and it automatically sends the information back to the people. Like it's it's a crazy COVID test. So I took that one. All of them were negative. Thank you, Jesus. Wow. Knock on wood. Wow, that's a lot of <laughs> testing. I know that's a lot, but I was worried because I had people coming over and we have somebody staying here for the weekend. You know, and I'm more worried about right. them than me. Like, I don't want to infect somebody else, you know? So I don't just worry about myself. I worry about everybody else around me. Yeah, 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 yeah. Which you do, too, because you worry about the kids. You probably exactly. worry about, you know, your exactly. wife. You worry about exactly. all your relatives, you know? Exactly, yeah. Well, the, you just gave a great example of it. And, uh, you know, COVID is providing a lot of this. Worried to prepare, meaning, look, I want to be safe for everybody. I'll go get the test. Uh, And you get the test. You did everything that you could. Preparing to worry is, 
I got the test, but you know, the minute I, I when I handed the test to the nurse, or when I handed the clipboard back to the nurse, one of her hands had germs on them, and I got oh, them geez. off the clipboard, <laughs> and now I started. Oh Lord! Now I'm starting to get COVID, but I already took the test, and the oh, test showed God. them negative, so now I probably am positive. <laughs> That's preparing to oh, worry. That's oh, what I mean. Goodness. You're, you're yeah. greasing the wheels to just find new things to worry about. Oh, boy. Now you just gave me something else to worry about, Mitch. <laughs> I'm sorry. You can't catch COVID ah. off of a clipboard. All right. They've determined nope. that. Can I? No. That's you true. Can't. I can't touch it. I can't catch it off that you mail can't I just catch it. You can't catch it this, off right? of touching anything. Please don't worry about okay. that. Touch is, okay. Touch is done. That, that, those are the first six weeks when everybody said you got to take your UPS packages and hose them down and bake them in the sun yep. and all that. And then... And then they've all com- pulled completely back on that and said you can't transmit it that way. So only if somebody sneezes on you or breathes yep. on you or whatever. So don't worry about that. But I'm just saying there is uh, another example of preparing to worry where you are just going out of your way to find a new way to worry. And you are living in worry. You can't live in worry. Even Maury, who was slowly dying, he is the ultimate, ultimate example of how not to live in worry, even when you clearly have something to worry about. Once Maury knew that he was going to die, he could have spent every minute of every day saying, what if I die today? What if I die today? What if it's tomorrow? What if I die tomorrow? This is terrible. All this is is just, it's inevitable. It's going to be this week. No, it's going to be next week. It's going to be the week after. He deliberately chose not to live like that. Mm -hmm. He deliberately chose to be present in the moment. And he would always say to me, Mitch, I'm here with you right now. We're talking. I'm here with you. I'm not anywhere else. I'm not thinking about anywhere else. I'm not thinking about tests. I'm not thinking about hospitals. I'm not thinking about funerals. I'm I'm here with you. Let's talk. I'm fully present. The amount of courage that that took, the amount of strength that that took, think about it. To, to straight arm out the worry about something that was clearly, legitimately a worry. Mm-hmm. Because yep. he had worried to prepare. He had found out everything he could. One thing I found was very interesting in reading back through the notes uh, as we prepare for this show and everything, I found where Maury was saying when he first got the disease that he had gone to a... Um, doctor doctor had done some kind of biopsy or something that would i guess show uh that he had had als and they they sent the lab report and more could have waited till he went to the doctor but he opened the lab report before he went to the doctor and read it and knew before mm-hmm. he went to the doctor that there was going to be something wrong he didn't know it was als but it said yeah. something about motor neuron or whatever now i would never do yeah. that I, I wouldn't have the, the courage to open that envelope ahead of time. But Maury was like yeah. worrying to prepare. He wanted to know what he was up against. Yep. And once he did, he, he made a philosophy of it. And his philosophy was, I'm not going to let this disease rob me of you know the days that I have. And so instead of withering gray and old and dying that way, where every day was worse than the next, Maury likens his dying to a leaf that gets more and more colorful as it dies, more and more brightly colored and shines. And he allowed himself to do that. You can't do that if you are preparing to worry every day. 
But you can do it if you worried to prepare and you got as prepared as you were and you made your peace with it and you said, when I go, I'll go and this is what's going to happen. And Maury was at peace for so much of the day. Now, I'm not saying he never railed against his condition. He would spend 45 minutes each morning that he gave himself to cry, to you know, bawl and weep and scream at the, at the moon and howl at God mm-hmm. and all the rest of it, 45 minutes. But then he would say, that's it. That's it for today. I'm not giving mm-hmm. any more. The rest of the day, I'm going to be present. I'm going to enjoy. I'm going to live. And if we can yep. compartmentalize like that, if we can just worry to prepare, but once prepared, stop worrying, our days will be much happier. Oh, yeah. I say this to you as someone who suffers from this affliction terribly, who worries about things like health and loved ones and kids to the point where people say, what are you so worried about? Why are you thinking about that? It hasn't happened yet. And I still do it. So I can tell you, if I could change one thing about my personality, it would be that, that I would not perseverate over so many of these things that turn out not to be true worries in the end, that don't turn out to be things that ended up even coming true. And mm-hmm. I have said to myself on so many occasions, how many days did I give away worrying about this? How many days did I give away thinking this day is dark because something bad is going, I'm going to get bad news, only to find out that I didn't get the bad news and I don't get the day back? Have you given away days like that, Lisa? Oh, my gosh, like always. (laughs) How about yesterday? (laughs) All I did yesterday was worried that I had COVID and I was going to infect all my friends. So, yeah. Mm. And then this morning I got the results of the final test and I was like, Okay, so I didn't give them COVID. But now I'm worried that I might have given them a cold. So <laughs> I'm going to have to wait. I'm going to have to wait five more days until my worry disappears. Wow. <laughs> well, I'll try to. I'm going to jump on your non-worry bandwagon, Mitch. Yeah. Try, I'm gonna, try. Uh, worry to prepare. Don't prepare yeah. to worry. All right? Yeah. That's our, that's our mantra. That's our aphorism. That's our suggestion for today. Hopefully it makes your life a little more pleasant, a little more upbeat, a little more worry-free. We do this every week. You can check out We Tuesday People on the web, wetuesdaypeople.com, to find out about our show, the history of the show, listen to old shows, find our discussion groups, chime in, leave us messages, whatever you like. Until we see you again, on behalf of Lisa Goich, my friend and producer of this program, I am Mitch Album saying, see you next Tuesday. Thank you for listening to Tuesday People. To be part of our conversation, join the Tuesday People community at wetuesdaypeople.com. Subscribe to our podcast so you don't miss an episode and share it with your friends. We look forward to having you with us every Tuesday because, after all, we're Tuesday People. <laughs>